Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. All right, well, this is going to be good. This is uh, really going to be good. You may have seen it on global television earlier this week. The uh, wonderful John Sexsmith did a story previewing this event, and Dave Campbell and I were talking, uh, and we said, well, we got, we got to do something on this on Inside Sports, and Dave started looking into stuff, and he said, you're not, you're not going to believe it, uh, so we'll, we're going to talk about all this kind of stuff. The, uh, the World Dodgeball Championships are in Edmonton, and Edmonton is very vital to uh, international dodgeball. And I'm pleased to welcome to the show, he's the president of Dodgeball Canada and the World Dodgeball Federation. Dwayne Wisniewski is on the show. First of all, Dwayne, important question. Did I pronounce your name correctly? Oh, it's really close. It's Wisniewski. Wisniewski, my, my mistake. Yeah. Okay. Wisniewski. No, no worries, no worries. All right. No, that's good. That's good. All right. So this, this I don't even know where to begin. I'm going to start with <laughs> you. How do you get to be the president of the World Dodgeball Federation? Yeah, so that one is is a funny story. So I've I've always been involved in in sports on some level. Uh, I worked a lot in track and field and and did some work in baseball for for quite a few years. And uh, just kind of as an adult, I I was invited to join a you know local rec league for dodgeball. I think it was you know, my wife's company that she used to work at uh, ages ago, and really loved it. Put my own team in, and uh, really enjoyed playing the sport. And then I kind of found that the sport was kind of very loosely organized. So, so there was a lot of teams, there were some national programs around the world, um, but there wasn't really anything that was kind of binding it all together. So we started in, in 2015 and uh, formed Dodgeball Canada and brought together leagues and clubs from all around the country. And uh, there were other countries doing the same thing. And so we kind of all started working together and um, there was a, a kind of a, a loosely organized group called World Dodgeball Federation, which we kind of solidified over the past few years. And uh, now, yeah, incorporated headquarters here in Edmonton. Okay, that's amazing. So you're a driving force uh, behind this, uh, which is which is pretty cool. So the World Championships are here. First of all, how long have there been World? Like, does it go back to 2015, or were there events even before that? Even before that. So the World Dodgeball Federation was was kind of formed uh, back in 2011, and uh, they in, they had their first World Championships in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, in 2012. Uh, and then every year after that, there would be a world championships. And finally, uh, of course, you know, we, we got to host it in uh, 2017 out in Toronto, which was wonderful, then went to L.A. and Cancun, Mexico. Uh, then the pandemic hit and kind of put the brakes on for everything. So when uh, things started to, uh, the, the restrictions started to ease and sports started to open it up again, we felt that, you know, given that the Federation was was kind of, had been reincorporated here in Edmonton and, and found, you know, um, developed in Edmonton. Uh, it would be great to have the world come in and visit us at home and stepped up to host this year's event. Okay, so where is it being held? How many teams do we have? All, all that kind of stuff. What can you tell me? So, we ha- so we're at the Savile Center, Savile Community Center at the University of Alberta South Campus. We have uh, 60 teams, 60 plus teams, uh, over 600 athletes from about 15 different countries competing. Um, we have there's there's six divisions that were that are being contested. So there are two forms of dodgeball that are played uh, globally that are very popular. One is the foam, which is probably what you know most people here in Edmonton would be familiar with if they saw it. You know, played in schools and in, in the local leagues. And uh, the other is is a cloth discipline, which is played with something that kind of would would look like most people would look like a volleyball. And um, we're we're contesting those six divisions here, uh, Savile Center, Round Robin, all this week. And then on the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, we'll be going for the bronze medals and the gold medal. 
Okay. And Canada's, I was looking at some past results. Canada's a, an international power, quite frankly, in dodgeball. Yes, for those first few years, Canada was an extremely uh, um, high-regarded program. Still is, still is. We haven't won a gold in a few years, so it'd be really great to kind of bring home a gold medal in front of the home crowd. Um, but both the men's teams and women's teams are very strong. Uh, there is a mixed team as well. Uh, so there's there's men's, women's, and mixed for two divisions. And uh, Canada has been doing quite well this this weekend in all their divisions. Uh, so it w- wouldn't be unexpected to see a Canadian team uh, contesting the gold come Sunday. Okay. So... Uh, by the way, I, I double-checked as well because I, I knew I'd interviewed somebody th- a few years ago, and, and I've sort of lost track of time a little bit with the pandemic, but I, I found the, the interview. It was uh, August of 2019. I interviewed a gentleman named Corey Andel. Does he still play? Oh, yeah. Yes, he yeah. sure does. He sure does. So Corey was a, a member of the Canadian men's team back in 2019, and uh, Corey still does play. He's not He's not uh, playing on the men's team here at Edmonton, but he's actually been here kind of volunteering and helping out and, and uh, doing a lot of work. Um, he's still very much a, a fixture at the national level uh, here in Edmonton, and uh, yeah, he's still around and still part of the sport. Okay, awesome. So I, I think for most people... When they hear the word dodgeball, Dwayne, they, they obviously think of something they played in school. How does what is being played at the Worlds at the Savile Center differ from what a lot of us would have played in grade nine gym or intramurals or whatever? So I think I think it would look really familiar. So I think if you you know if you came here and you watched the sport, you'd be able to relate to it. It would look very familiar. The biggest difference is in the tactics uh, and the organization of the game. So, you know, when you play on the playground or you play kind of in a rec league, it's pretty frenetic. Everyone kind of throws back and forth, and it's a bit chaotic. Um, When you get to this level, there's a lot more strategy, and I think that's what surprises people is is people kind of see it as a very simplistic, you know, uh, you you throw a ball and you try to hit someone. Um, But it's kind of like if, you know, if you think that way about any sport, there's always the simple goal. Uh, The the big difference at this level is players will often slow down the games. They'll play call they'll have a strategy where they're trying to figure out, you know, who they want to eliminate, who they want to keep on the, on the court. Um, so it's just the, the pace is a lot different. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, okay, really. So, so again, how many players on the court at a time? Uh, it's six a side, so six on each side. Uh, for the mixed division, uh, the games start with uh, three men and three women on each side. Um, and, uh, yeah, they, it's just elimination. You try to make sure you knock on all your opponents to get a point. And at the end of the set time, it's how many points you can score. Is there prize money involved, or are you just playing for national pride here? There, yeah, no prize money. We're not kind of at that uh, at that level, and kind of a pretty strict amateur sport. We just kind of go along with uh, playing for pride. But a lot of the national programs here uh, have been around for ages. A lot of them are supported by the governments at home. There are countries like you know Malaysia that have government support, or Great Britain, where there is. Uh, quite an infrastructure for dodgeball in the schools and the universities. So when those teams go to the world championships, uh, it means something to them to win, and it means something to the people at home that support them. 
All right. So is it, is it free to attend? Can people just go to the Savile and watch it? And where can they check the schedule and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, the schedule is available. So if you go to worlddodgeballfederation.com, there is a tab there for the 2022 World Championships, and they can uh, check the schedule there. Um, if they would like to attend uh, the website there or on the dodgeballcanada.org uh, box office, there are tickets. So it, it is a ticketed event. Uh, if people want to come and, and swing by and check out the round robin, they're, they're welcome to do that. Uh, the bronze and silver, uh, sorry, the bronze and gold medal games on the weekend. Uh, the tickets are, I believe, it's twenty-five dollars for the weekend. So, what's the strangest thing someone has said to you when they find out that there's a World Dodgeball okay. Federation? We, we, we tend to get the same question uh, uh, from people when they hear that is, oh, or the same statement, right? Oh, I didn't know that was a thing. Or is that really a thing? Does that really happen? Is there really, you know, some kind of a, uh, a standardized govern? body that actually looks at that as a sport and the answer is yes you know and and again in some countries there's varying degrees of, of kind of sophistication for the sport but uh definitely you know legitimate definitely trying to make it uh, uh something that can be internationally standardized okay. and okay but i did i didn't i didn't okay. ask you the most common reaction i asked you the <laughs> strangest reaction the strangest, the strangest the strangest reaction i think is you know there's always someone who who wants to know is it like the movie i mean that's that's a kind of a strange thing. Or they say, or they just feel like, you know, dodgeball to them is such a, um, you know, they've got memories from their childhood, be it good or bad. And, and so, you know, they, they're just surprised that something like that exists in Edmonton and that it's an Edmonton organization that fuels it on the international level. I think that's kind of the most surprising reaction we get. Yeah. Well, I got to admit, I was a little surprised myself, but I, I think it's awesome. I, I think it's fun. And I, I think it's really cool that you were a driving force behind this and it's centered at Edmonton and now we uh, got the world's give the website one more time. If people want to check out uh, more about the event. Sure. Uh, if you want to uh, uh, check out the event, it's www.worlddodgeballfederation.com. And there's a tab there for the 2022 world championships. And uh, you can buy tickets, you can see the schedules, you can see the standings, check out how Canada's doing in all their divisions. Dwayne, this was absolutely awesome to have you on the show, and especially since uh, I appreciate it a lot because I know you're probably very busy this week. But I hope it goes uh, very well here through the weekend. Thank you so much. And, hey, let's talk again or to some of the athletes. You guys are right here at Edmonton. we got to keep pumping this up. Really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate you having us. Okay, so uh, there it is, the uh, World Dodgeball Championships in Edmonton through the weekend at the Savile. Dwayne Wazinski on the show. He's the president of Dodgeball Canada and the World Dodgeball Federation. And as as he was telling you, a big part why uh, the Federation has grown and why the Worlds are here in Edmonton. That is some cool stuff. That is some really cool stuff. We will uh, get big next. Peter Kazushka from the U of A Golden Bears offensive line. He's six foot seven, 300 pounds. This is Darnell Nurse from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Well, welcome to September. Now, that, of course, means a lot of football to talk about. CFL getting into the stretch drive, NCAA football getting going. Chris Brentlinger Grant was talking about the big Ohio State-Notre Dame game coming up. NFL kicking off one week from tonight with the Bills and the Rams and Canada West regular season starting this weekend. Your U of A Golden Bears will go to Vancouver to take on UBC from the Golden Bears offensive line. I am pleased to welcome to the show Peter Kazushka. Peter, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Reed. How are you? 
I am doing very well. It's nice to have you on the program, and I'm sure it's uh, been an exciting week for you here with the regular season about to get going here for the uh, Golden Bears football team. How's the week of practice been? How are you feeling about the prep? Week of practice has been really well. I mean, the guys are they're all fired up for to start the season and uh, ready to get going here. Tell me a little bit about the preseason game you had last week in Medicine Hat. Uh, I believe uh, you guys had a pretty decisive victory in that one. How was the game? Yeah, it's always great to get a win, even if even if it's in preseason. So, like the guys, they went out there, they did their job. You know, just trusting the system, trusting each other, and it was really good to see a complete team effort there in that win against Regina. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, for you guys, it's 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 obviously been tough being a student athlete with 2020 and then a shortened season last year. Like, does it feel different now? Does it feel, I know we use that word normal a lot, but you know what I'm getting at? Does this feel like it's uh, back into the normal routine or how would you describe it now? Yeah, it's it's for sure nice. Like to actually have a proper training camp and have a proper eight-game season. Uh, like, yes, 2021 we did play, but things were a little different because of the situation. We played a reduced schedule. We didn't have everything we normally do, but to actually have that back this year, I think everybody's really excited to be able to go through the full season and just see see what happens. Yeah. Okay. Well, and uh, it was an exciting off season for you because uh, you also got drafted into the Canadian Football League. Now let's let's get the the stats right on you first of all. Six seven three hundred pounds. Is that what we're going with? Uh, that is uh, that is correct. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let me ask you this: When was the growth spurt, or, or were you always kind of a big guy? Uh, I was always the tallest. Um, I will say in grade six, so that you all at about 10, 11 years old, that's when I hit six foot three. And then by the time I hit grade 12, there in high school, I was up to six, seven. Is there height athleticism in your family? Where does it come from? You know, it, it comes uh, from both sides. My my grandparents, each side were were quite tall um so i guess it, it skipped a generation of mom and dad but then came out to me which i can't complain about i you know it served me well i've been able to use it to, to my benefit so yeah but on both sides of the family there it comes from all right so growing up in yorkton saskatchewan you, you, you gave kind of the timeline for your height what other sports were you in i'm sure probably coaches and classmates and <laughs> you know coveted you being on whatever team it was what was your athletic trajectory yeah so growing up like when you hit that first growth spurt there when you're quite young you're you're, you're really clumsy when you hit it and so of course yeah they're all like come out play football come out play basketball but uh you're, you're pretty uncoordinated when you first start doing those things. So you got to like, I, I played football, played basketball, did some throwing for track and field in the, in the springtime, but it really takes, it takes you a while to learn how to actually use your body. And so for, the, for those first couple of years, you're not as good as you'd like to be yet. Cause you're still just figuring out, Oh, like, well, I'm way longer and then all this other stuff. How does my body actually work? And you're, you're clumsy, you're falling off, you're falling over your feet all the time. And so it takes a while until you can actually use it to your benefit. Okay. Well, I, I like how you explain that. And who, when did the offensive line become your thing? Was that high school? When was that? Uh, that was since day one. You know, I played, uh, started playing minor football when I was in grade five. And from my very first year, they said, you know what, you're, you're going to play O-line and just kind of, kind of stuck with it from there. Like, as a young kid, you know, you don't really realize 
how fun O-line can be. You always look, oh, well, there's quarterbacks there and there, there's linebackers, all that stuff playing defense or you're, you're playing receiver catching balls. It's, it's not, there's no glamour in just sitting there and, and blocking people as a young kid. And that, but then when you start to get to a higher level, some of like the provincial teams for Canada Cup or, or high school, and you start to realize, oh, you can actually have a lot of fun playing O-line and like progressing into university and even to the pro level, like you realize, there's there's a lot of cool stuff you can do there at that position. Just the whole the whole camaraderie of, of five guys acting as one. It's it's such a unique position. I'm so so thankful that I get to play it. Well, I like how you you put that. That's that's a that's a really nice thought about the unity of the offensive line, and you're doing a very important job, right? Because you're keeping some of the most important players on the team safe. Oh, exactly. They they don't count stats for us. You know, the only time our name are heard or when when somebody messes up so it's 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 really we, we get tossed in the dark a lot we're, we're kept in the light but uh you know there, there is something in that you know like working five guys is one accomplishing something and letting the other guys do what they're supposed to do all right what well, did you have you played everywhere along the old line or have, have you sort of had a specialty as you've gotten older i i spent my whole university career at tackle there and uh only when i when I got called up to the pros there with Montreal, that I started taking looks at guard. And so there, there, it's been mostly tackle, but now there's some guards sprinkled in there. Okay. And how about getting drafted? Uh, I mean, you probably knew there was a pretty good chance you were going to get picked, but what was the lead up to the draft like? Was it a lot of interviews? Were you nervous? Tell me about it. Uh, yeah, there, there were a few pre-jitters before the, before the actual draft day. Um, we, we had a, we were, we were very thankful there were four of us picked that day and we all kind of trained together that whole winter we're always in touch with each other always chatting about the experience and what we're going through and it was really nice that we could you know bounce any any ideas that we're having off each other and just like talk about that experience going through with, with each other um definitely jitters on the day until you get your name called you know it's always the the what if what if what if and then uh thankful enough also to get drafted to montreal with rodim um like rodim and i are best friends and just such a cool experience to be able to go there with them was awesome okay well good for you and, and you and you did some work with the alouettes like were were you in camp or like how did that work out yeah so we we uh i was in camp um three week camp unfortunately it did get uh, a slow start due to the cfl strike that happened and then after camp we uh so we had two preseason games we had one against uh, hamilton there and then one against ottawa and after that we uh i got sent back and here I am at university. Okay, that's awesome. Well, uh, a bright future for you. And, of course, uh, I know you're focused on the short term here with things getting going against UBC. Uh, but I, I got to ask you this, though. I, I mean, a Golden Bears offensive lineman being drafted in the CFL, uh, Cordy, Beard, Lawrence, just off the top of my head, I'm probably missing somebody. But that's a, a position group that has some pretty nice uh, recent lineage to it. Yeah, no, for sure we've... We we have the we have great coaches here. We've we've been blessed to have great coaches my whole time here with Coach Morris or Coach Prince or, or Coach Paul Autumn this year. And we just we we've created a culture of very elite O line play. And it's the, the reality of the fact is that if you're playing O line at U Alberta, you're gonna get good. Or unfortunately, you won't be able to get to hit the field because just there's such a high level of competition amongst all of us in that unit to, to push each other to be better and to really bring out the best in all of us. Right on. Well, Peter, thanks for telling your story a bit tonight on Inside Sports. Uh, we wish you all the best this season. Hopefully, we can chat again. 
Really appreciate it, and good luck in the season opener against UBC. Thanks, Rita. I appreciate you having me on here. Right on, Peter. Peter Kozuska, six foot seven, three hundred pounds from the U of A offensive line at UBC on Saturday. All right, Dave Campbell's the producer of the show. Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer. Thank you for listening. Hope you had as much fun as I did. Talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>